History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today I'm joined by my co-host Karen Hunt. Our guest is Dr. Ashraf Saleh. Last week we heard about his early life of growing up with Islamic parents and how his basic confession of faith in Jesus impacted his family and what happened as he reversed his decision. And I'd ask God, you know, where, where are you? I was woken up at two in the morning in a trench of sweat with my heart pounding and a, a, an amazing sense of peace that I'd never felt before. I'd never had access to the Bible before, so this was my first interaction. And it was wonderful. Mum and Dad, I I tell you the truth now, I can't lie to you anymore. I'm a Christian, and I've been going to church, and I've just been baptised, and I want to share it with you. They had beaten everything out of me, physically, verbally, emotionally. They said, we don't want you to come back into this house unless you've revoked um, your allegiance to this God that you say that you've you've just uh, been baptised under, and um, we will not accept you in this family unless you do all of these things. This week we continue our story of Dr. Ashraf Saleh and we're going to find out more about his story, about his marriage, his life in Australia and the relationship he has with his family. So sit back and enjoy the rest of the story of Dr. Ashraf Saleh. You're with Matt Prater and Karen Hunt. Let's continue our chat. This lasted for a couple of years uh, and then you went back overseas? I did. Um, I, I, um, tried to, I tried to appease them as much as I could, knowing in my heart that Islam wasn't right for me. Even though I'd said, well, I'm going to do whatever you ask, I was doing it out of obedience, but in, the, in my heart of hearts, I knew that it was not right. So it came to a point where I'd finished university and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. So I just told my parents, look, I need to go and travel and just do something with my life that's positive. And although it's not meaningful and gainful employment, it's, it's something that will at least help me discover myself. And they were totally against it. They knew that it was just another form of me trying to find uh, my own freedom and maybe even go astray again. But I knew that I had to do it. And, and they, they finally allowed me to do that and went to... And I went to Ghana, the very country that this uh, uh-huh. migrant gentleman had, um, had, had introduced me to Christ. And, and in that country, I had seen um, abject poverty... And at the same time, um, amazing humility and, a, uh, and a, a love for God, which I'd never seen before. Uh, and it wasn't that that really convinced me that there was this, you know, wonderful, mighty God who was there to love us and reach down a, um, from, his, uh, from his throne and want to touch us in a tangible way. It was more the fact that I'd opened my eyes to see the truth about life. This is not a perfect world. We are amongst sin and we are amongst a, a lot of um, imp- imperfection, destitution, and uh, almost, you know, um, a, a turning away from God. And and in that, I found peace, even though all this imperfection is around me. And even the very Christians who, who I met there were imperfect, and they were doing things that I knew was not right. I, I sensed a, a, a peace, I suppose, in the Word of God that said that, you know, we are... We have filthiness, our righteousness is filthiness in front of him. And, and understanding that in the context of, of life in general. 
And after spending some time in Ghana, you then came back to Australia and you met a girl named Christine. Tell us about that. Coming back to Australia was tough. Um, back to my parents' home again. Um, same rules and regulations. And, um, but it wasn't shortly thereafter when I um, finished uh, another, another degree at the University of Sydney that I'd met this young lady. Um, it was through a mutual friend uh, who I'd met through the Sydney Olympics at the time in, in 2000. Um, she's very different and I came to know her just by conversation about what uh, life is about and where she'd come from in Kenya um, and what politics is all about and what, the, what, the, what um, God has in place of our lives um, in terms of politics and, and what we wanted to do, I suppose, in life. And, and the conversation seemed to gel so well that I wanted to get to know this person a bit more. And so it wasn't long after that that I uh, gave her a call and said, no, why don't we sit down and have a chat one-to-one and, um, and just talk a little bit more about what your goals in life. And, and, and we did that. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't long after that that I realized um, this person was really meant to be. Um, and I didn't hesitate after that at the age of 23 that I proposed to her and she said, well, look, um, if you want to do that, you're going to have to approach my parents and, uh, and make this a bit more official. And their parents arrived in Australia to celebrate their, her, um, her graduation from university. It was only six weeks after I'd met her. Um, and they said, well, if you're going to do it, then um, we have, you have our blessing, uh, but you must agree to it together and, um, and discuss it with your own parents. And that was my stumbling block, yeah. um, my yeah. parents. I had to approach them. And so uh, on um, Christine's arrival back to Australia for her to complete a master's degree in, in the University of Wollongong, I brought her back from the airport, um, took her home, and said, Mum and Dad, this is Christine. And their eyebrows rose, and of course, questioning, well, you know, what is she to you? I said, she's a good friend, um, but I'd like to make her more than that. And they said, well, if you think of uh, marrying this person and doing it in a church and, and going about your own merry way, count us out. We're not part of it. You will not be our son. Uh, and uh, I will not be your father, this will not be your mother, and you will have no further ties with us. Oh, my goodness. And, and, and you'd actually been literally beaten up by your father, hadn't you, because of all this? It was my mother, actually. Oh, your mother had beaten yeah, you? Oh. Yeah, my mother was quite, um, quite, quite upset the first time she heard that I was a Christian, and she, beat, she tried to beat it out of me. She said, this is, just, mm. this is impossible. You are our son. In fact, you are our firstborn son. Mm. You, you should be providing a good example for your siblings. Mm. And this is the absolute worst thing that could happen to us in our lives, and we will find a way of getting this out of you. So what she felt was absolute betrayal. It was, it was a, a complete condemnation. It was a, it, the biggest slap in the face they've ever had. Um, it, it couldn't be a, a worst case of apostasy for them. Mm. Um, and they just didn't know what to do. So for you, you pursued your relationship with Christine. Yes. You were married. You were out of contact with your family for what length of time? It was about two years. Um, my mother did try, uh, but she knew that my father uh, had completely cut me off. He essentially used the words abandonment. Um, we will not be at all a part of you, your life. My mother did try, but every time that I tried to call uh, my dad, I just got the phone cut off mm. every single time. But two years on, um, my father's very close friend from Egypt, who migrated to Australia the very same time that he did, and you know, whose um, children were very close to us, so we were all very close together, 
had been very sick. This uh, this uh, this um, man who is my father's friend, he uh, had terminal bladder cancer, and it just so happened um, that he um, was at the end of his treatment uh, program. He had no other options. He needed to go on a trial, and that was the only other um, option he had. I happened to be a, a clinical trial coordinator at the time, working at St George Hospital in Sydney. Um, working on um, these cases of um, terminal cancer, which uh, had no other treatment options. And uh, he seemed to be um, enrolled in the trial that I was, uh, that I was uh, managing, and saw the work that I was doing and was very pleased. He just said um, to my father, this son of yours who you have ostracized is doing a wonderful thing for me. And you need to sort out your relationship between you and him. Uh, because uh, there is no point in stringing on your grudges with him um, just on, the, on account of this faith. And I think that's what touched my father. It got to him in a way that you know, no, there'd be no other way. It's kind of like the story of, uh, of Pharaoh and not listening to Moses. Yeah. He, he had to heed the word of God. And this was a tug that uh, my fa- it took my father uh, that much to, to get him to, to come and see me at the hospital. So um, he did, he came to the hospital where I was working. I got a page um, that I was to come to the reception at the cancer trial center and I was expecting it to be a patient. I went there with a notebook in hand and I saw my father there with tears down his eyes with open arms and saying, please come home. Wow. The staunch Muslim. That's right. Wow. And here we are years down the track now. What's Mm. your relationship with your parents like now? Um, Unfortunately, it, is, um, it has gone a little bit uh, sour again on the basis that my father had confronted me very uh, shortly thereafter um, with, with the question, so where are you in faith? Where are you in, um, and the word in Arabic is al-din. Um, al-din is the strongest form of faith that you, can, um, that you can put yourself into, and it's more than just religion. So he was asking that question, where are you in that place? And I told him, I, it has not changed, Dad. Um, I am still a Christian and I will forever be um, uh, a child of God uh, through Jesus Christ. And it was unfortunately that that turned him away from then on. And it has been over six years now that he has not, um, that he's not uh, allowed me con- to contact him. Though, um, even with that, my, my mother is still um, communicating with me on a regular basis. I call her, she calls me, and I'm in contact with my siblings but there is a very, um, um, very tentative kind of um, mannerism that we have with each other with regards to um, talking about anything deeper than just the weather and how each other are and how the family is, uh, because we just don't want to bring up anything uh, that would stir up any further angst. Uh, so it, it is difficult, but uh, there is still uh, that bond between my mother and I, which I don't think can, um, will fade. And here you are now, after 10 years of marriage with uh, a loving wife, three young children, uh, and uh, I understand that you're very passionate about all these Christian ministries that are blossoming in the Middle East, reaching out to, to Muslims. Uh, is that a big focus of, of your life as a, as, a, as a Christian who's formerly a Muslim? Have you got a heart to reach out to the, the, those that are a part of the, the Islamic faith? I would love to share my experience uh, as well as the love of God with those who are going through such, um, such tormentuous times and are open um, to receiving the love of God. It, it's, it's been very difficult um, because when I was in Sydney, I had really no freedom to do that. And since I've moved, um, there have been few opportunities um, 
around where I am because there's not very many in terms of Muslim um, population. Mm. However, it's, it's, it's quite amazing this, um, this day and age of immigration and the refugee situation that there's a huge influx, influx now of, of Muslims, not only uh, refugees but, but migrants into the area where I'm living um, just um, in Toowoomba. Wow. Where there's a, a huge number of Saudis that seem to be coming in, those from the United Arab Emirates, and they're coming to study, these young men, and bringing their wives with them. Um, and some of them have even decided to just go to a church mm. because they were invited by the community members in the area who've introduced themselves to, to them while they're um, studying in the University of South, Southern Queensland. Um, why don't you come and join us and, and see, see what we do? And, and that, that has been the opportunity for me to actually show, show them that here I am um, as an ex-Muslim, have come to open my, my life to Christ. And when, when you do that, you will see this whole um, unveiling, basically a, an unveiling of Islam and what it means um, when, you, when you read the, the Bible and, and, and go through exactly the scriptures. The, the scriptures that the very Quran that you believe actually does confirm in places um, and at other times um, talks about them in a negative light but more to do with the, the believer rather than the actual scripture. Well, it's an incredible story you've shared with us today, and uh, I've, I've been reading through the notes of your testimony, and I love the Bible verse you've included in there in Psalm 27.10. Though my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will never forsake me. Uh, and uh, I know that uh, you'll be receiving a great reward uh, when you get to heaven for the, the persecution you've faced, uh, but your faithfulness uh, to, to the Lord Jesus and uh, just... It's just inspirational to hear his story. Uh, You're an absolute history maker, and we just thank you so much for your time today. Oh, God be praised. Uh, Amen to that. Thank you very much for your time. And God bless you as you continue your your medical work also in rural Australia and uh, in encouraging other Muslims to find Christianity for themselves. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. Order your flash drive with 20 of the best History Makers interviews now at historymakers.tv for just $19.95. All proceeds will help History Makers Radio and TV share the gospel all around the world. Order now at station sponsor, historymakers.tv. You'll hear interviews from Mark Burnett, producer of the Bible series and Survivor. Musicians like Paul Coleman, Mark Schultz and George McArdle from the Little River Band. Also Kate Brax, winner of MasterChef 2011, former Olympian Elka Whalen and many more. Order now at historymakers.tv.